I don't do a whole lot of uh, talking about finances here in our church. There are some people, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that they're wrong and I'm right or I'm right and they're wrong, but there are, I've gone to churches where they'll take 15 to 20 minutes uh, to take the offering. And, um, and, and I've never felt that's what the Lord would have for me to do. But I have felt for many years that he would have me once a year to speak on tithe offerings and the alms. Because if you don't understand, then how can you be expected to give? But um, so that's what we're going to do this morning. And I want to say to you to start with what Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 17. Not that I'm seeking your gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. But you can't expect that abundance to be bound to your account if you aren't faithful in your tithe offerings and alms. And that's where the rubber meets the road sometimes. That's where the difficulty comes. Um, ever since the fall of man in the garden, there has been a choice to make. Well, before the fall. God said you can eat of every tree except this one. So there was a choice to make, to obey or eat that one fruit. And we know that he ate the fruit. So God still has his plan. Let me say, first of all, I never ask anyone to do anything that I am not willing to do myself or do myself. The first job I had when I had the responsibility of men working under me, I was the ripe old age of 20 years old. I had about 15 men working under me. I made a point and made a, 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 a real serious point from then and have been doing it ever since never to ask anybody to do anything that I don't do. And I won't, well, if you want, I guess I can. It's really none of your business, but uh, I, I can show um, at the end of the year, and this is, here's a good way to determine if you're, if you're thumbs up, if you're really tithing or not. When you do your taxes, how does your, your gift show according to your income? That's a real easy way to find out if you're giving tithe or not. This isn't meant to be a pat on my back. It just means there's a lot of preachers don't give tithe consistently either. The gentleman that does our taxes and has done them for over 40 years, every once in a while, because when, when we, we are always over 20% in our tithe and offerings. And every once in a while, Dean Moon will say, Earl, it sure is good to see a preacher who tithes regularly. So that tells me that there's sometimes that even pastors don't. But that's neither here nor there. We're all humans. Our church is under the covering of full gospel fellowship. My ordination is under the cover of full gospel fellowship. There is a fee that I have to pay every year. There is a fee that the church pays every year to maintain and be in good standing with the fellowship. If you belong to a union, you pay dues every month to maintain your, your good standing in the union. If you have ever joined a service club, I did. I served a long time, many years ago, for the JVCs, and you pay a dues. 
Well, God kind of made a dues too, but he called it a tithe. And he said that tithe is his. And God's desire for us to do is to be blessed. Now, as I said, there were two choices in Adam. There are two choices for you and me in our tithing offerings. There is a curse and there is a blessing. Now, I don't like to spend too much time on the curse, but I think we need to know what the curse is. We need to know what God's opinion is and what God does if we aren't consistent in that. And may I say that I heard people, well, I tried tithing for three days or two weeks or three months, and I just didn't see any income change. Well, that's probably true because it's not going to happen overnight. Rose and I have been faithful in our tithing offerings for over 20 years before the blessings of the Lord began to come in. And I can tell you the blessings of the Lord come in great, and they still are coming in. But it took about 20 years before we see anything do that. And the very first real blessing that we had received coming to us for over the many years of tithing was when we was in a church right down the street here, and we were in a building program, and we brought a man in. Some of you have heard this. We brought a man in to raise funds to get the, because we wanted to build the annex debt-free, and we did. When it was completed, we owed nobody anything for it. But uh, the gentleman flew in. I picked him up and brought him to our house. And Rose is sitting there like she does here. Those of you who was there know that was her spot over there. So he, before he really started doing anything, he just turned to Rose and said, well, what is your desire? And she said to own her home. Well, he just assumed that where we was living was ours, and it wasn't. So before he did anything to raise money for the church, now this is something he did not ask him. He took an offering for Rose and I, and it came a little over $10,000 was enough to make a down payment on a house. So that was really the first great expect, not expect, but the example or proof of God that there was a blessing in doing, and ever since then, his, the blessing is just con, co, coming in. But I want to speak briefly about the curse, and then I'm going to speak most of the time regarding the blessing. In Haggai chapter 1, verse 3 through 11, Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you, are, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them into a bag with holes. Hmm. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came, in, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins, well, every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and mountains, and the grain, and the new wine, and the oil, and whatever the ground brings forth, and on man and his livestock, and all the labor of your hands. So God is speaking to Haggai and stating to consider your ways. Now, I'm going to ask you to consider your ways, and, and, and if you aren't, I, I, first of all, I should say thank all of you, and most here are very consistent in your tithe and offering. Thank you for that, and the Lord thanks you for that. But here's what he's saying if you don't. 
Now let's just look real quickly, understanding that the bag with holes in it, we, we spend, the most of our dollars that we get are paper. They're not gonna fall through those holes. But when this was taking place, most all of the money was in coins direction. And, and, and so when you put it in a bag with a hole in it, those coins are gonna fall through. And how many, well, I shouldn't say, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many has ever been in a spot that you just feel, I don't know where I'm, my money's going. I can't figure out what's taking place. It just seems like I've got it and then it's gone. And you just can't figure it out. Well, in many parts of the times when that happens to you and why your finances isn't going as far as it should is because you're putting your money in bags with holes because you aren't taking care of the house of God. I personally believe that the house of God, this house right here, our house, this needs to be better looking and prettier and cleaner and neater than any house that you and I live in. It needs to be the best house that we can possibly make it. And that's what we've done. I believe that is what God wants. But he said we're putting our monies with the bags in the holes. Then we bring our money home and look, saying, look what we've got and whew, it's gone. Why? Because we have not took care of God's house. God wants his house to be good. He, he said that to me many times. And even though we never quite accomplished it down on Blackstone and McKinley, for those who were with us from the go, that building was far better looking when we left there than when we got there. I mean, it was, uh, uh, it looked like a barn when we first got there. And, and it was a lot different when we left. And some of you know exactly what this looked like when we got here and how much different than it looks now. Well, you know, we're still not few. There's, there's some other things that we're going to be doing to God's house. But the whole point is the temple of the house of God needs to be best. Now then, Malachi chapter 3, 6 and 11, most everybody can probably almost quote this. God said, for I am Yahweh and I do not change. Therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from days of your fathers, you have gone away and an ordinance that you have not kept. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob Yahweh? But you have robbed me. And you say, how? in what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, and you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, and see, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room to, to, for, to you receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy your fruit of your ground, nor will, shall the vine fail nor bear fruit that you, of your field, says the Lord of hosts. Now here's a curse. And, 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 and then there's a blessing in this. We're going to see that as also. But this is what he's talking about. If we, we have robbed him, and how can, we, how can we say we love God? How can we say that we serve him if we don't, if we rob him, if we're stealing from him? Uh, that makes no sense to me. I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. I, I, I just can't. And, and yet, you know, as, as I were talking about the union, I was talking about the this, this service uh, clubs that you may all, uh, be a part of and all that type of thing. There are people who have come to a church consistently all the time and never contribute to the church, but they holler our church, our this, our that, and they've never put any money into it. Well, that's not pleasing to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying this. I, I, I want you to know one thing. I think most of you do know this. 
Rose and I do not receive anything, an offering or our salary from this church until all the bills are paid. I, I, we do not get paid and then struggle and see how the church bills are going to be paid. There are some times in the month we get nothing. But God has always provided for us. And, and it's amazing to me, even to this day, that we get no check and, and, and yet the bills are paid and everything's met. Now, I'll be honest with you, once in a while I get a little bit nervous, and say, okay, Lord, how are you going to do it? It looks like we're getting pretty close here, but he always comes through. And one of the reasons he's come through is because we have been faithful. Now, I'll tell you, and I've said it before, when I first came to the Lord, I said, if that preacher wants any money, let him go work like I do. And that was my attitude until I looked at what God said in his word. And see, then it doesn't matter what man does. Does it? It doesn't matter what man does. It matters what God says. So when I looked at God's word and saw the fact that what we're supposed to do this, even all Old Testament, some people say, well, that's Old Testament stuff. Well, maybe it is. But, you know, the worst thing that King uh, uh, um, James, the guy that had the Bible, the worst thing he ever did was call it Old and New Testament. It's just all one book. It's one word of God. Yes, there's a presence of God, and then of Yeshua, yes. But you see, it's all God's Word. Does not the Word say that all Scripture, not just New Testament, but all Scripture is given for inspiration from, from God to us? So we need that. But the only law that Yeshua fulfilled when he came was the, the fulfillment for redemption. That's the only one that he filled. All of the rest of them are still there. So the order of tithe is just as strong in the New Testament. Matter of fact, we're going to read a scripture in a few moments where Jesus said so. But we need to recognize that we need to not steal from God. We need to recognize. Now, I don't know. that. I, I, this is something I can't wrap my, my mind around, so I'll just tell you. I, I, I don't understand it. I'm not about to say that if an individual doesn't pay tithe, he's not going to go to heaven. I'm not about to say that. Because, but I do know a thief's not going to go to heaven if they aren't been forgiven. So I'm not, I, I'm not going to preach you into hell if you don't tithe. But I just, I, I can't wrap my mind around us saying how much we love the Lord, how much we care for Him, and we're willing to take the risk of the curse just to keep those few extra dollars in our pocket. I believe, and it certainly happened to me, that. I found out in my own life a time or two that I didn't put the money of God where it needed to be, and I wound up putting money in a bag, and it's just gone. So consider that. But he said, all the tithe, in verse 10, all the tithe into the storehouse. That means all of it, not part. If, you're on, if you get $100 a week and you're giving $5, you aren't tithing. You're giving an offering. A tithe is one-tenth. And I have no problem. If an individual writes out that check and they put it right down to the penny, I have no problem with that because that's a tenth. God didn't say round it up. Now, Rose and I round it up, but I'm not telling you to. I have no problem with people who write the tithe and there's $100 and $114 and 23 friends. I have no problem with that because that's the full tenth. And that's what he said here. Bring all of the tithe. Now, today, and, and as far as we're concerned, it's primarily dollars. But in the Old Testament, it was their harvest, it was their animals, and it was all brought to Levi, the, the tribe of Levi, because they didn't have an inheritance. They weren't given some land in the kingdom. All they were giving is to take care of the temple. Now, I personally believe they had the best thing. I think they had the best job. And 
I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this. I, I do think that our Catholic brothers and sisters in the Catholic uh, Church probably has this more correct than we do because the priests really don't any, own anything. The church takes care of everything that they have. Well, we've kind of gone out of that, and we give the tithe to the pastor and his, his salary or whatever you want to call it, and then it's up to him to do what he chooses with that. But leave the tribe of Levi was taken care of by the tithe and the offerings, and that was ordained of God. Now, let's look at the blessing. Now, that's the curse. That's, that's just, you know, that, that's there. We need to recognize that. We need, we need to recognize that if we don't do that, we're not going to receive the full blessings of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 and 20, then Mel Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of Yahweh the Most High. And he blessed him, talking about Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram the, of Yahweh Most High, po possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be Yahweh Most High, who has delivered your enemies out of your hand. And he, meaning Abram, Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Now, this was before the command of the law was given to Moses. But I, I, I'm, con, I'm convinced that the law of God is the law of God long time before it's put into print, before he's given it there. It was still a law. Abram was a man that did his best to seek God, follow the directions of God, follow the leading of God. And I'm persuaded to believe it was the Holy Ghost that moved upon Abraham to give Melchizedek a tithe that set the example from the father of the nation that believed God. And he is our spiritual father, isn't he? Is that right? We're all sons and daughters of Abraham. So our father, your father, set an example to give a tithe. He set that example. Now, part of the examples that we're living in in this world that we're living in now, parents don't set very good examples for their children to follow. This is something that I have noticed over the many years that Rose and I have pastored. I can look at the kids and tell if the kids, the young people, are going to grow up and pay tithe or not by their family. If mom and dad don't pay tithes, the boys and girls aren't going to pay tithe either. Mm. If mom and dad pay tithe, the kids are going to pay tithe. We set that example. Abram, as our spiritual father, set that example of giving a tithe. Now, what did Abraham get from getting, paying the tithe? We look at the life of Abraham, and we see here it was a man that was very, very rich. Very rich. He was rich in silvers and gold. He was rich with uh, uh, servants. He was rich with animals. He had many camels, and a camel to back then was like an 18-wheeler today. A donkey was a pickup truck, and a camel was an 18-wheeler. He had lots of camels. He was a wealthy man, very rich, and yet he did not do anything except give God his part. Do you want to be rich? Well, Start giving God his part. Now, we need to look at that and consider your ways. And Malachi said somewhat the same thing. I, God does not expect you. If you haven't been doing that, I, I find no place in the scripture that God expects you to go back and pick up all that you haven't paid tithe and pay tithe. What he expects you to do is start today. Consider your way. What are we going to do with this? Are you going to accept it and, and, and live by it or not? Now, I, I had to learn the hard way. And I guess sometimes the hard lesson, the lessons best learned are the hard way. But I had to learn that a tithe is not just something, even though God says, try me. And this is what he said here in Malachi. He, he, it was not just something tried for six months. 
It has to be a way of life. The way of life for Ty before Rose and I began to really see uh, any sub substantial uh, blessing that's coming from God was a little, little bit over 10 years. We served God for 10 years, giving our tithe, even when it was on unemployment, I gave tithe and not realized didn't have to. If I hawked something to get money, because that's where we were at, we didn't have any money, no money to coming in. And it's more than one time I went and hawked my shotgun because I knew I can get 50 bucks for that and go buy food. Well, thank God he always thought that I had to go back and have the 50, well, it was about 65 then, to get it back because you got to pay more to get it back. But all of that situation, we did all of that. Even when we didn't have any money, you still give that tithe. The Bible talks about your increase. Anything that's an increase, what is an increase? If somebody gives you $100, that's an increase. You owe $10 tithe on that. And the blessings of the Lord will come to you like they did Abraham. I love what the scripture said, that we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and because we believe in Jesus Christ, we are also of the heirs of the promise of Abraham. But in order to receive the promise of Abraham, we must live the life of Abraham. So you want the promise of Abraham to be rich? Well, give God continually, steadily his tithe and offering, and he will make you rich. Now, maybe not in the things that you think, but I think the best way we can be rich is be free of, of debt. The best way we can be rich is free of any kind of sickness or disease. The best way we can be rich is be rich with brothers and sisters in the Lord that loves us and fellowship. That's a richness that God can give. We get mixed up sometimes just think about the dollar. Hallelujah. I tell you what, my brothers and sisters in the Lord are far more important to me than even family. You know, I get together with some of my family in about five minutes and we're through talking. You know, when you talk about the weather, you talk about how's the kids doing and all that. I mean, what are you going to talk about then? They don't want to hear me talking about the Lord and I don't want to hear them talking about their wild parties. So I think I'm rich when I have brothers and sisters that I can spend hours with and thoroughly enjoy. That's a richness that comes from God. Now, am I going to say you don't have that if you don't tithe? No, I'm not saying that. But I am telling you that there's many ways for the Lord to make us rich other than putting dollars in our bank account. And I thank God for that richness. In Leviticus chapter 27, 30 and through 34, and all the tithe of the Lord, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Now, that's pretty plain, isn't it? That's pretty plain. The tithe is the Lord's. And therefore, now this was the part of the Levitical law. And then we go all the way back over here to Haggai and to Malachi. And God says, well, you robbed me. And they said, well, how do we dare rob you of God? And they said, because of the little Levitical law that I gave to Moses back in the wilderness. And part of that law was the tithe is mine. You can't use it. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, if you take a chance and you want to use the tithe, then you've got to put another fifth with it. That's another 20%. Now then your income is 30%. So that's why I do not, the first tithe, the first check I write, as a matter of fact, many times I write it and then we don't get a check. Uh, so I still get right, but I write my check the very first check I write. That's the one I did. Miss Marty, a few weeks ago in, in class, she talked about the fact that we need to give God his first rather than last. Because I will guarantee you, if you hang on to yours to last, you won't have enough to give God his. 
Satan will make sure you've run out of money. He will make sure you're broke when it comes to giving God his. So that's why we give God his first. And that's what he's talking about doing. So again, this is not, remember, I'm not after the gift, but I'm after you receiving the blessings of God. Because I know the blessings of God. Rose and I know what it is to be obedient to the Lord. We know what it is to not have anything to eat and somebody show up on the door and knock on the door and there's a big old box of groceries you're about to you. Hallelujah. We know what it is when we're, when we're broke. We have a, a lab, beautiful black lab, fantastic hunting dog. I love that dog. And uh, that we... She come to heat one time, and the doctor said, well, let her have one litter, and then we can fix her because we didn't want a whole bunch of pups running around. So when she had a litter, I don't know, I think she had seven, I think, but anyway, quite a few, and we didn't have no money. When it come time for those little dogs to uh, uh, be sold when they're six or eight weeks old, we put a sign out on the uh, tree in the front, puppies for sale, and we only sold two of those. One of them, <laughs> Rose wasn't too happy with it, but we took the money. One of them, a lady came up, and we, there's black, and, and Trixie didn't, didn't, didn't mate with a purebred. But uh, one of those little labs was red. And the lady said, oh, look, I want this one. She looks like the mama. And talking about Rose. Rose does not like being called a mama to a dog. And, uh, but we took her $10. And another time somebody else came up and bought one. Two times that dog gave us enough money to go and get some groceries. See, it was a provision. It was a provision of God. Remember the story? Again, Miss Marty gave this story. That the man was on the flood and he was on the housetop. And he would begin to pray, Lord God, send me somebody to free me. And a man come by in a boat. He said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait until the Lord's going to do it. And then he come by in a helicopter. No, no, I'm going to wait. And he drowned. When he gets to heaven, he said, God, what happened? I, was, I had faith that you was going to deliver me. He said, I sent a guy with a boat. I sent a guy with a helicopter. I tried to save you, but you just wouldn't want to be saved. Well, we can be in that same boat. God wants to bless us. But in some ways, he can't. Now, this is something that the Lord did me a long time ago. We, we, we just don't see a whole lot of this anymore. I think that's good, I guess. But it used to be people would come up all the time and be prayed for for their finances. And I'd pray for them. And one time the Holy Spirit spoke to me, why are you pay, praying for this person to be blessed when they aren't obeying my word? I can't bless them because they aren't obeying the word. And I got shocked a little bit. And I sought the Lord. And I stopped doing that. Somebody asked me, will you pray for my finances? You asking me that? Now I'm going to have to ask you one. Are you consistently tithing to the Lord? And if they say yes, I pray for them. If I don't, I said, brother, sister, I can't pray for you because you're going against God's will. You're going against his law. He can't, he can't honestly bless you in the greatest way that he wants to bless you because you're not obeying his word. Now, I know that might be harsh to some of you, but it's high as the Lord's. So if we're holding on to what's God's, we're in trouble. I literally believe that. I, am, I, I believe firmly that if every individual in every church, every individual in every church tithe, there would never be a need in the house of God. I believe that. Why? Because it's God's word, and he'll make it work. All right. Um, he had, 
read verse 20 and 30 again. And all the time of the land, whether seed or the land of the tree of fruit, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants it all to redeem any of the tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And that's where we were talking about. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, for whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He shall not require what is good or bad, or shall he exchange it? For if he exchange it all, both of the exchange and the holy one shall be redeemed. So here is a blessing of the Lord. It's God's tithe. And when you give him that, you're going to have more sheep. You're going to have more goats. You're going to have more cattle to go through and count. That's God's promise. In Chronicles 2 Chronicles 31, 11 through 12, he, now Hezekiah commanded them to prepare rooms of the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. Then they faithfully, and here's where we have to come into tithe to prove the Lord. We can't do it if you just do it sporadically. It's not being faithful. Faithful is every time you get any money, you give a tithe for it. Now, Rose and I have been blessed a time or two that it was pretty difficult to pay the tithe on our blessing. Hmm. Because he said you pay a tithe of your increase. If you have been given an expensive gift or you've been given a lot of money, a tenth of that belongs to God. Not just your check. So if somebody slips you a $100 bill, you, you got to give God. And this is what he's saying. Faithfully, if you will faithfully brought to the brought in, and here he goes, tithe, sorry, offering the tithe and the dedicated things, then, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Coniah, the Levite had charge, and Simeon, his brother, was the next. So the faithful, the tithe and the offerings and the dedicated things. I'm not going to have time to go to the dedicated things, but those are the things that have been dedicated to the Lord. And once you dedicated something to the Lord, it is yours no longer. It belongs to the Lord. And this is what he's talking about if you use that. So if you say, this car of mine, I, I dedicate to the Lord, and it will use, be used for the Lord forever. Well, you just gave that car to the Lord, and it's not yours anymore, and you, therefore you, you can't do what you want to with that. It belongs to God. It's been dedicated to him. So that's just an example. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and, uh, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Does that mean now, I believe in applied truth. Applied truth is if it's not white, it's black. If it's black, it's not white. So that's applied truth. Honor the Lord with your possessions, and I believe this is applied truth. And with the first fruits of all of your increase. Now, I talked a little bit about increase a while ago, but the increase is when you receive something that is a gift or whatever, or you get an, a, a, a raise. Now, some people ask, well, what should I tithe on my gross or my, uh, my net when I... In my, in my job. And this is my answer. I don't think there is a right answer, but my answer is, well, which one do you want to be, uh, which one do you want to be blessed by? Which is your choice. If you, if you do by the net, then make sure when you get a big, uh, re, a big, uh, uh, what do they call it? Big uh, refund at the end of the year that you pay tithe on that. You'll still be breaking even. You're still giving, but don't don't pay a tithe on your net and then get five thousand dollars back from Uncle Sam and fail to give God his five hundred. Oh, I know that people don't like it when preachers talk about money. Verse ten. Here's the blessing. 
if we will be faithful in honoring God and our possessions, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats, your, your, your wine vats, will overflow with new wine. If we honor him, if we honor him with our possessions, if we give these things to him, then all of these things will be, uh, we will be increased by them, and we'll be blessed by them, because it's the things that God asks us to do. Honor him. Honor him. We honor sometimes God in every every other way, but we just can't get past the tithe. I, by the way, I'm usually saying this, and I'm think, I may have already did it, but when God said, try me in this, that's the only place I find in the Bible that God ever said to you and to me is to try him or prove him in something. Every other place he says, just do it. Don't question me, Don't not, just do it. But you see, God created us, and he knows that dollars is a hard thing for us to turn over. He knows that we're kind of hold on to that last old dollar bill till old George squeaks. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let's don't be stingy with God. Let's not be stingy with him. Let's give him things. And verse 2 of this thing that we're talking about here. If we are faithful to God and take care of God's cares first, he will always see that we have enough. This is what I told you. There's times that... Well, when, when I got sick from when I was working at a pastor in the church down the street here, and I had a nervous breakdown, and, uh, and, and, and I wasn't good for nothing, literally. Uh, I, I, there was a, I, I felt like every time somebody was, just, everybody was reaching out and trying to get something from me, and I had nothing to give, and it, it was a terrible, terrible feeling. And I was like that for about six months. And, and I got to the point that I didn't want to see anybody. The only one, on, even a board and, and people that I've seen and known and loved for years, I, I couldn't be around anybody except Rose and my family. And it was a terrible, terrible thing. But even in that, see, if you're pastoring, I'm sure you probably know this, but you don't have unemployment. Uh, you, you, you don't have disability, at least we didn't. So we had no money coming in. And yet, God made the way that our bills were paid. We weren't in, in danger of losing anything. The only time we didn't need is when we chose to fast. So God provided. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how God can take the, the 80% that Rose and I have after the, the tithe and offerings that we give and make that 80% go farther than the 100%. But he does. I don't know how. I don't have to know how. I don't have to know how. He does. Malachi 3.10, we're going to look at the blessing part of that scripture. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open, and there's a little bitty word, if. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive it. I think most everybody knows how we come up with the name Open Door Ministry. But just in case you don't, I want to share this with you. Um, it was in, well, we were still at Abundant Life, so it was in uh, uh, probably mid, mid to late 80s. And there was a family, the Devons, I don't know if anybody knows them, but uh, they came and, and ministered every year with us. And uh, this one year they came, and Rose and I, and it was a mother and a father and a grown son and a grown daughter that traveled. And we were, at, we were actually at Black Angus having lunch after church. And that was when Black Angus still had the paper uh, places that put your, 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 uh, your food on. 
and and Rick, the young man, turned it over and he tore it. And I have it in my office right now, this original piece. And he drew a sign of a door with three steps and the glory of the Lord coming out the door. And I said, behold, I step before you an open door. And by the way, that's the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. And uh, so uh, the Lord has ministered that. Three years later, we were up in Oregon visiting the Devons. And Rick said, Earl, I want to tell you what the Lord just spoke to my heart. He's also going to open the windows. I got excited. The door opened door, but he's going to open the windows. There's an S on that. Not the window, but the windows. He's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out bless, blessings upon you and Rose. Well, hallelujah. He has. Well, I, I, I don't want to go get into it because I don't want nobody getting uptight. But the Lord has blessed us extremely, extremely. And mo most, most of you know that a lot of the things we have, we haven't paid for. They were given to us. And not all of them by one person, as I know some of you are thinking. They've been given to us. Why? Because we've been faithful. We've been faithful. If I'm going to be gone on a Wednesday night or a Sunday, my offering, I, have an, I give an offering every Wednesday night. That offering is going to be given to Marty or whoever's going to be doing the class. If I'm gone on Sunday, that's tithe is going to be given to someone in the, in the leadership to go in that box, whether I'm here or not. Why? Because that's being faithful. Being faithful is not just when you're there. Okay. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, Woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay, now he's tithe of men, and anus, common, but you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. So if Jesus would have stopped right there, we might have been able to say, okay, then the tithe was just for the Old Testament. But he didn't stop. Th these you ought to have done. In other words, you ought to go ahead and pay your tithe of, of the mint and, my, and the offerings and all that. You really ought to do that without leaving the others undone. Let's not leave the spiritual things undone, but we need to give the tithe to God that the house of the Lord might be full, that the house of the Lord can be complete. This is what he's looking for. Yahweh said, pay the tithe. Pay it but also take care of the spiritual things. Okay, now let's look at the offerings. According to the Bible, and in the offerings of the Bible, are the burn offering, drink offering, wave offering, sin offering, heave offering, trespass offering, meat offering, voluntary offering, free will offering, and peace offering. And there's a few others in there, but those are the main offerings of the Bible. So are we, are we being faithful in giving? Now, wait a minute, how are we gonna do a burn offering? Okay, but you see, there's some that we can't, but we need to give of these offerings. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders, whoa, I wonder how many, how long us pastors and preachers would last if we gave you orders. Hmm. You do know that there are some organizations, church organizations, that if you don't pay tithe, they're knocking on your door. It's true. 
There are some churches, if you don't pay tithe, you can't be a member. There are some churches that if you need anything, the first thing they're going to do is pull out the financial uh, aspect and, and, and go over that and see if you've been consistent in their giving before they're going to be willing to give you the time of day. Well, that's happening today, folks. Well, God never told me to be a, a tithe collector, not a bill collector. So that's why I don't. But that's what he said. Give them all. Concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given orders to the church of Galatia, so, so you must do also. So it's good for Galatia. It's good for Corinthians. It's good for Lysalia. It's good for Fresno. Hallelujah. On the first day of the week, of each of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. For there be that there be no collections when I come. Now, the first day of the week, let's go back and understand that the disciples went to the temple on the Sabbath. They never stopped going to the Sabbath for a long, long time. So give your, they were given the tithe to the temple. That's where it was taught to give correctly. But he said, now, in order to take everything else, on Sunday, when we come together on Sunday, let everybody decide what they want to give. That's not a tithe. That's an offering. A tithe is a, a one-tenth percent. But you decide what you want and then decide. Now, I'm not, never have been real, how am I going to say this without, um, I, I never have been real high on the uh, uh, individuals who say, well, you name something and you proclaim something and, you know, I guess the best way to explain it, the way you used to say it, uh, nab it and grab it and, say it and complain it and that I've, I've never been really fond of that but I am fond of saying that my God will prosper what I give him when I give it to him when he is he didn't tell me now we, we can look at you Jesus did give us another example about the sower and had the seed Sowed some and it hit the rocks, some fell on the stony ground, and some blew away, but some of it found good soil. And the ones that found good soil represented 160 and 30 percent. Well, you know, we, we, and that's why I say you, we need to be careful of, of where we're sowing our money. Matter of fact, the Bible said, know those that labor against among you. I think if you, and again, this, this is just my opinion, so you can take it or leave it. I think most everybody here, uh, is, is convinced or uh, recognizes that Rose and I are consistent in what we do. And that's why that you're coming. So it, you're in a safe place when you give your money here because we're not blowing your money. So that's something nice to be known. Leave that right where it's at. But he said here, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to lay aside on Sunday. Now, we, we do it a little different. On Sunday, you bring your tithe. On Wednesday, you bring your offering. When you have a guest speaker, you bring an offering. When you have an, a special need, you bring an offering. Tenth belongs to God, and the rest belongs to the local body to minister to. And and uh, i got to hurry, so we're going to let that go right there. 2 Corinthians 9, 5 through 8. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had generously promised, previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. 
But this I, this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for Yahweh loves a cheerful giver. I'll go ahead and stay what I started to say a while ago about some of the, uh, the prosperity movement. I don't, I don't think that I can declare or state or um, prophesy that if I give $100 that I'm going to get 1000 Some of them guys tell you that. Um, I, 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 I don't believe that. I believe that what God is going to be the one. I'd rather let God be the one who blessed me than me figure out what I'm going to get. Because God can bless me a whole lot more than I can figure out. Hallelujah. So this is what he's saying here. On, pay your tithe but then give an offering. Let that be done, and let it be done not grudgingly, not, oh, goodness, i got to do that. No, because, man, if that's your attitude, you're not going to have much of a blessing. But when we do those things out of a generous heart, and you, and you, you give because you want to give. Rose and I, on more than one time, have, have given our last dollar, our last $10. We were, some of you heard this story as well. We were in, in Hawaii on a vacation. Ooh, isn't that a nice place to go? Yeah, it is. I'm ready to go again, Lord. But uh, anyway, um, and, and we went into a, a, a store. I don't remember what kind of store it was. And yeah, it was, it was a jewelry store. That's where Rose brought me this beautiful wedding ring that's got crosses all over it. And as we left there, we talked to the young lady that waited on us, and she turned out to be a pastor's wife. And uh, we talked with her a few minutes, and we left. And going down the, back down the middle of the aisle and hallway, uh, and Rose said, you know, the Lord just spoke to me that I need to give her $100. But what are we doing out here? So we turned around and went back into the store, and, and the lady looked at us, and I'm sure she thought, oh, boy, something's wrong. They're going to bring back that ring. I'm going to lose my commission. That's probably what she was thinking. But Rose said, I didn't say nothing. That's what Rose was doing. Rose said, well, called her by name, said, the Lord moved upon me that we need to give you $100. And the lady broke down and started crying. Her daughter was graduating, and she had nothing to get her daughter a graduation gift. So Rose gave her $100. Now, we could have used that $100, but you see, God said, give it. There's been times, like I said, that God has told me to give the last dollar I've got. I got news for you. Every time I give when God tells me to give, it's not but just a few days, unless right back in that wallet, plus a little bit to go with it. Now, if I just do it on my own, that may not happen. I don't give money on my own. I, don't, I give money when the Holy Ghost tells me to give money. There's a lot of people hit us up when coming out of a restaurant or something and want money. I won't give them money. Once in a while, God said, give them money. I'll give it to them. But if God don't tell me to, I'll buy them something to eat, but I ain't going to give them money. But the truth is, it will be bountifully giving unto us this, it'll be more than sufficient, but it will be abundance that he's going to bring to us. Philippians 4, 15 and 19. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek, and this is the scripture that I read to you very first, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephodias the things sent from you. 
Paul said, I got plenty because you obeyed and you sent it. And it sent a sweet-smelling aroma of acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to Yahweh, for my Yahweh shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Yeshua. Amen. So here Paul is saying, not all of the churches did what you did. We just read where Paul said to the other churches, what I said to this church is necessary for you to do too. A lot of Christians get themselves in trouble because they will stand on this scripture, but they haven't done the first part. In order for you to say, my God will supply my need according to his riches and glories, you have to be faithful in your tithe and offerings. Because if you're not faithful in your tithe and offerings, you don't meet the full requirements that Paul gave to the Philippians. He said, because you have met my need, because you have ministered to me, because you have done this for me. That is why my God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Now, Rose and I can pray that. We get in a tight spot. Okay, God, I ain't going to worry about this. You said in your word you're going to supply my need. You know what my need is, Father. I don't tell him. If I tell him I need $10, he might want to give me 20 But if I say 10 10 is what I'm going to get. So I don't talk about many. Lord, I have a need. You know what it is. And Lord, you take care of it the best way you want. Sometimes somebody knocks on the door. Sometimes we get a check in the mail. And sometimes it's just out and right. Don't know where it came from. I don't get bugged if I don't know where it came from. We've had money put in our bank account. Where'd that come from? Don't know. Well, why should I worry about that? Hallelujah. It's a blessing. See, this is what he's talking about. So in order to take that scripture, we must be able to take that scripture and stand on it because we are doing it. Very quickly on the, the aspect of alms. According to John Strong's Dictionary, alms is a gift to the poor, charitable gift. Any act of generosity to those in need, often referring to giving gifts of substance or money. Now listen to what a setting of the scripture that Yeshua gave in Matthew 6, first, first four verses. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds or your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed and alms, do not send a trumpet before you as the hypocrites are doing in the synagogue and in their streets that they may have glory from men. Surely I say to you, they have the reward. But now, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, listen to this, that your father may who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. We pastored a church um, several years ago, Matter of fact, it was a church right here in this town. And there was a, a, a family in the church. Uh, the, the gentleman was a very successful uh, real estate man, and he had lots of money. But he didn't pay tithe. But what he loved to do, if you were taking a special offering, like if there was a need that you were taking an offering for, and, and you're, you're saying, we need help. We weren't asking people to tell us, but this guy would raise his hand, I'll give $5,000. Well, see, he was a scribe and a Pharisee. I took his money. You bet I did. And we put it toward that. But he just got that reward because he wanted everybody to know what he was doing. But see, he was not consistent. He tithed. So that doesn't count. Hmm. Now let's look at it and see how that counts. Still alms. 11. Luke 11, 41 2. But rather give alms of such things as you have, 
then indeed all things are clean to you, but woe to the Pharisee, who for for you tithe men and rue and all the manners of herbs to pass by just and pass by justice of the love of Yahweh. These things you ought not to have done, but leaving the other undone. Acts 10, 1 through 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, who was called of what is called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared Yahweh with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people. See, alms don't go to the church, it goes to the people. And prayed to Yahweh always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of Yahweh coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and alms have come up before a memorial before you. And if you go back and read this story, you're going to find this is the man that when Peter was up on the housetop, that the sheet was let down, and God told Peter when the, the people knocked on the door, and he said, you go with him. He gets to Cornelius' house, and he says, do you know how ungodly or how unlawful this is that I am a Jew and I'm in this Gentile's house? But you see, it wasn't matter what he thought. It was because God saw the heart and the alms that he's giving, and he blessed Cornelius, and he and his whole household was saved, and a whole lot of other people too. So we need to give our tithe. That's God's. Our offering goes into the church house. Our alms is when you're giving help to somebody, and please, when you're doing alms, don't let nobody else know it. It's okay if you don't let because people come see you giving your tithe and offerings. But an alms, just kind of sneak that in there. Let that go and your reward will be great. Believe me, the reward of the Lord is far, far more precious and far, far outreaching and outdoing than the negatives. Now, we do need, the, we need to know that there are negatives, and, and, and I understand that. There, there, are, there are curses, and there are things. If you don't do what God said in his word, there's a price to pay. But the rewards are so much greater. The rewards are so much greater. And I'm going to say to you, I want to say to you the same thing that Paul said. I didn't bring this message to try to coerce you into tithe and offerings. I want you to be blessed. You see, I want you to be blessed above what Rose and I are blessed. I mean that. I want you to be blessed above what we are blessed. Why? Because I love you. But I also want you to know that if you don't do this, God don't mix words. And he said, because, because I'm a God that don't change, that's the reason you're not wiped out. See, God wants his tithe. He wants his offerings. And he wants alms to those who need him. Did not Jesus say, the poor you will have with you always? He did. We need to give to those who are in need. And don't, sometimes you don't need to wait to find out who it needs. The Lord will show you. If you have sensitive ears, he will show you and he'll tell you, this brother, this sister needs some help. Help them. Don't have to be money. Alms can be very well. Maybe you show up with your truck and haul some garbage off. That's an alms. You're doing something good for a brother. Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua, I don't question, Father. I don't understand, but I don't question.
why that this need to be brought today, but you know, and for what reasons, I, I don't question. But I ask you, Father, to help us not look at the curse. Know it's there, but let us look at the blessings. Just a blessing of showing you that we love you enough to obey your command because it is a command. Even as Paul said, the things I've ordered you to do, you've ordered us to do this, Lord. Help us to understand that the blessings that we can receive, the goodness of God, when we consistently do this by giving of our tithe and our offering and our alms. In the name of Yeshua, amen.